Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. It is another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. I'm going to adjust that slightly. Uh, my name is Brandon Bainey. We are joined, as always, by our Magic Valley uh, resident and expert, Mr. Scott Burton, a.k.a. the Mad Hatter. What's going on, your highness? <laughs> that's a little strong, don't you think, Brandon? But, uh, yeah, it's uh, that time of year, man. It's uh, Fall sports have started, and if you are an AD in the fall, you are a Mad Hatter because you are organizing 85 different events at the same time, officials, locker rooms, game help, um, and buses and the whole nine yards. And today we have two football games with two different teams, a volleyball match, cross country. We have got it all happening today. And, and so I'm kind of running around all over the place today. Sounds like uh, we're going to get you in and out as quickly as we can. We are recording this on Thursday, August 24th, um, and Thursdays and Fridays are always the busiest time of the year for activities, uh, including last Friday, Scott, where we had a, a small sampling of Magic Valley teams competing uh, in week zero competition. The most exciting game by far was Wood River hosting South Fremont in a class 3A battle uh, this this ended up being a wild game. It was it was six nothing Wood River for uh, a really long time in this contest. Uh, Kyle Ipson found Anton Holter for an eight yard touchdown pass, and then South Fremont scores on a deep pass with like two thirty remaining. So Wood River gets the ball back, and they go on the two minute drill and and end up getting the game winning touchdown. Wood River wins twelve to seven, and I would say eighty five percent of the scoring occurred in the last like three minutes of the game. It was pretty wild. Yeah, what a wild finish after what kind of was a snoozer for a fan, but those final few minutes just kind of made up for it. And and uh, you know Wood River, after graduating their quarterback last year. You know, had some questions, but they, they've got a guy in Kyle Ipsen that's no stranger to playing the position. I mean, he played a lot of snaps last year, and and he's a kid that's going to stand in there under pressure and throw the football. I mean, he's not going to, you know, throw a perfect pass every time, but he's a tough kid. And, you know, this Wood River team rallied uh, around him, you know, and when he found uh, Holter for those, those touchdowns, it was kind of a redemption for Holter because Holter was playing on defense and got a little bit too aggressive, and that is one of the things that allowed South Fremont to score late. But the senior kind of redeemed himself, step up, shook it off, goldfish mentality, and uh, ended up catching the pass from Ipsen and a big, big win for Wood River. Yeah, so Wood River gets the ball back trailing for the first time, 7-6, to six, with a little over 230 remaining. Uh, they're facing like a fourth down and like, I think it was 15 or 16 at midfield. Uh, they complete the pass to keep the drive alive. Uh, and then you talked about Ibsen and Holter uh, score or uh, yeah. Ibsen to Holter in the first quarter. They also hook up for the game winning touchdown in the fourth quarter on a 20 yard strike. Um, but, but they still left some time on the clock for South Fremont as well. So now South Fremont's getting the ball back and we're thinking, Oh man, you know, they just sliced and diced our defense. Um, and did we leave them too much? much time on the clock well it turns out Ethan Dessler comes away with an interception uh, basically as time expires to end the contest for the Wolverines so the defense did get that one key stop at the end that they needed to as well which was good 
Yeah, no, it was a, it was a great way for Wood Rivers start the uh, start the season and kind of a little fun fact uh, Wood receivers Wood Rivers receivers coach Todd Hunter, he actually went to school at South Fremont. And so this was his alma mater uh, plan and Hunter's got three kids, three sons on the varsity team, one of them a senior. And so it's kind of one of those little special moments where he's got his three boys on the varsity team playing against his alma mater and and uh, having it come down to the final seconds. Yeah, pretty exciting. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And what a way to start the year for Wood River. They lost to South Fremont last year. So already, uh, you know, starting the season off 1-0. and Now, when we talk about this conference as a whole, the Sawtooth Central Idaho Conference, Wood River was the only team that played last week. Uh, and despite the 1-0 and start, they were still picked in our preseason coaches poll, Scott, to finish fourth in the conference this year. Kimberly was one, Buell two, Filer three, Wood River four, Gooding five. And, and the one thing that was pretty clear consensus-wise was Kimberly is going to be the team to beat. Check out some of the offensive numbers they have coming back, Scott. And Kimberly was an explosive team a year ago. Cade Larson is back, quarterback threw for 2,700 yards and 26 touchdowns, ran for 663 yards and 12 touchdowns. Michael Goff is back, their top running back. He had 507 yards and seven touchdowns. And also in the receiving game, 443 yards and two touchdowns. And speaking of receivers, the duo of Parker Stringham and Mason Jensen are both back. They combined for 1,018 yards and eight touchdowns receiving a year ago. So Kimberly's got kind of the four horsemen here uh, that are locked and loaded and ready to go. And, and Bulldog fans are excited and they should be. Yeah, they should. I mean, this is an athletic Kimberly team uh, that's going to really make some noise. I mean, you know, they're touting this class of, of kids as one of the most athletic they've had in a long time from top to bottom. You know, I mean, um, it, it shows in basketball, the way that they're playing in, in basketball as well. You know, you, you talked about, you know, Gatlin Bear leaving Kimberly. Well, how would how is that going to affect Kimberly? Well, I'll tell you what, the Bulldogs just churn out athletes. And they, they just have a really unique and interesting makeup at their school. And it's, it, it's, it's something a little different. And if you're not familiar with Kimberly or ever been there, it's, it's a little different place. It's a very uh, small community growing in the 3A ranks. Mm -hmm. Um, but their makeup is different. They've got all of these great athletes that are over there. And uh, this particular class is really going to make some noise. And, you know, defensively, you know, we talked about all their weapons on defense. I mean, they've got, you talked about Goff. I mean, he was district four defensive player of the year, you know? And so this is a, a team that I'm really kind of interested to see how far they can go. Yeah, Goff made our top 10 linebackers list in the state of Idaho that we did during the offseason as well. All those top 10 lists you can find at idahosports.com. Uh, so Kimberly last year goes 8-3. and three. They lose the conference to Buell, so they take the two seed to the playoffs. And then they're one and done. Speaking of South Fremont, they lose to the Cougars pretty decisively, 48-14 to 14 the final. And so that has been kind of motivation for second-year coach Joe Dilley and his team. Um, and coach Dilly basically said, you know, we have to get over some of the mental hurdles and believe that we can accomplish what we set out to do. Um, he also noted that Kimberly has only made it to the state football championship game one time in its school history. They've never won it. They've been to the championship game one time. And here's what coach Dilly said. I love this. We have plenty of green trophies. We're working on a different color trophy this year. 
Yeah, and that's kind of been the the knock on Kimberly is, you know, cruise through the regular season, flashy game game video game like numbers, and then stumble in the playoffs. And you know they're well aware of it. I mean, this is a team this year that is returning uh, eight starters on each side of the ball, offensively, defensively, and this is a team that went seven and three last year. So they have all of the pieces and all of the returners and all the experience to maybe get over that and uh, make some noise in the playoffs. And, you know, we hope they do. Yeah. So Buell, the defending uh, league champion picked second in the preseason poll, lost a lot of talent to graduation. They do bring back some good players and word on the street is, is they've got a good group of sophomores. Um, And of course they've got veteran coach Alan Reynolds, who uh, what he's done in a very short time at Buell has been nothing short of incredible. And so I think based on the respect the other coaches had for coach Reynolds, plus the fact that they've got this group of sophomores that did a lot of damage as freshman year ago at the, at the lower levels, um, Buell still, projected to be a high ranking team. And then Filer is a team that was, they were kind of the diaper dandy squad last year, Scott, they played a lot of freshmen and a lot of sophomores. They're now a little more seasoned and, and head coach, Justin Bransma feels pretty good about his team this year. Um, they went three and six overall last year, lost out on that third playoff spot from the league to wood river. But um, all of those freshmen and sophomores a year older, a year stronger. I'm excited to see what Filer does this year too. Yeah, this conference is going to be interesting, you know, see if anybody can step up and challenge Kimberly because they are head and shoulders the favorites in this conference. But, you know, the buzz that was created last year in Buell uh, with with Coach Reynolds and and uh, right now they've got um, uh, they've got uh, Josh Creasy really helping out and taking the reins right now. But this is a, a Buell team that you know, generated some excitement and we're going to see whether or not uh, they can keep that up. They've got a strong core of seniors coming back. Um, but then Filer with their, their youth movement, you know, and they got some valuable experience last year in this conference. So, you know, it's, it, it is always going to be a cycle of kids, no matter what high school is not college and you get what you get and your programs are as strong as you can develop them down and having, you know, athletes that Kimberly has, a youth movement that Filer has, nothing forever for Buell until last year. You know, you get what you get with these kids. And so, I don't know. I'm interested to see what Filer can do with their youth, but uh, my eyes really are on Kimberly right now. Yeah, another team I'm really excited to see develop this year, Scott, is a team that we got to see in week zero, and that is the Wendell Trojans. Wendell was a team that was on the cusp of making the playoffs last year finished just a little bit shy of that goal. Um, Lost to Cole Valley Christian in the season opener last year. They go to Cole Valley Christian. They go to Hawaii, which is where Cole Valley Christian plays uh, this year. And they get a 28 to 14 uh, win on the road. What a start for coach John Helmendaler and the Trojans. Yeah. You know what? We talked about this might've been last week or week four, whenever we were together. It was just, this is a Wendell team that is primed and ready. You know, they are bringing back a ton of kids. They are really good, and they showed that off um, on the road at Cole Valley, you know, and they they were very well-balanced offensively. I mean, Alex Hirai was 16-22 of 22 for 140 yards, and then you've got Jesse Chavez carrying the rock. 33 carries for 192 yards and four touchdowns. You know, this is a very solid Wendell team. And when you talk about this conference, Wendell and Declo, you know, this might be the year the Trojans 
get it done because this is a stacked team. Yeah, that Wendell defense also came up with two interceptions and a fumble recovery on defense as well. So the defense was leading to the offense. And yeah, I'm really excited to see what Wendell does. Of course, they play in that two-team district with Declo at the 2A level, the Canyon Conference uh, in our preseason coaches pool. I'm sure you're surprised to hear this. They both ended up tied. Uh, basically, the way that works is either each coach votes for his own team or votes for the other. I'm not going to reveal what happened there, but uh, Declo Wendell both tied for first. It's all going to come down to that game between the Hornets and the Trojans. That's going to be a must-watch game. Uh, it always will be, you know, and I think right now you got to give the edge to Wendell. You know, Wendell is bringing back all these kids and, and you know, Declo is, is returning some players, you know, including second team, all state wide receiver and all conference wide receiver, Gavin Rasmussen. I mean, they're bringing him back. Uh, they are going to be without um, Bodie Brackenberry, though. He was an all-conference player, and he's going to have he's going to miss this year's junior year uh, because of wrist surgery, and that's going to be an important piece of Declos puzzle that they're going to miss. Um, you know, so the thing about Declo is they have been very pass-heavy, and they really want to establish that run a little bit more. You know, and so you're going to see them. Um, with some sets under center to get that thing started. And that's not something you really see a lot of from, from Declo because they've been running that wing T system forever. But I, I tell you what, anytime Wendell and Declo tangle, it's going to be a good game. I think this year, I think it's the year of the Trojan. It'll be really interesting to see. Will Garrard is also back uh, to quarterback the Declo offense after starting last year as a junior. Uh, it all comes down to the regular season finale uh, October 20th, Declo and Wendell will face off. And then outside of that game, they should they should both be cheering for each other. I know this sounds counterintuitive because they're big district rivals, but in order for both teams to get into the playoffs, you know, somebody's going to lose that game uh, at the end of the year. You need to pile up enough non-conference wins to have a strong enough max preps ranking to get an at-large bid. Wendell already took a good step in the right direction. Declo is challenging themselves with a tough schedule. They're going to play Aberdeen, Firth, Westside, all final four teams last year in the 2A playoffs. Um, they're also playing Gooding and Marsh Valley, a couple of 3A schools. So Declo's banking on the strength of their schedule, carrying them through. And if they and Wendell can both stockpile some early wins, uh, we could see both teams in the playoffs. I think that would be a great outcome, but we'll just have to wait and see. Let's talk about Minico, Scott. Minico, kind of a new era. Sherm Blazer in his first season as the Minico coach and working with almost an entirely new cast of characters. They lost so many seniors to graduation. They bring back Carson Wayman at quarterback, though, and that was kind of the foundation as they go to Thunder Ridge, a 5A school, and win 28-14. to 14. I guess the more things change, the more they stay the same. You know what? Well, that's what happens when you've got a culture. You know, um, we talk a lot about culture with with my coaches and and uh, how we want to run things and if you can get a culture established sometimes those transitions between new players and new coaches aren't as you know clunky as they should be because Minico has got a winning culture there I mean they did graduate 23 seniors which is huge you know and if you look at them on paper they shouldn't be doing very well because they bring back uh, Wayman as a quarterback but they had a bevy of running backs that all graduated and so the guy they're going to look to, Spencer Peace, where was he at? Well, he was like fourth or fifth in the depth chart last year behind all of those guys. And 
now he's going to be the guy they're going to look to 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 kind of carry the ball in that heavy run scheme that they've got. You know, but even so, they ran the ball so much that Pease, as far as he was in the depth chart last year, he picked up an honorable mention all conference. So this is going to be an interesting look, and I think everybody was really interested to see what would happen with Minico in that first game because everything's going to be so different. But like you said, as some things just never change. Yeah, really bummed to see my one of my favorite players to watch, Japheth Bendele. Uh, of course, he has graduated, and he was such a great running back to watch for Minico. But yeah, you mentioned Pease, and then kind of the, the main guy in this win over Thunder Ridge was Preston Sonner Cranny. He found the end zone twice on the ground. Mm-hmm. Wayman scored on an 80-yard touchdown run. Uh, I went back and watched it on idahosports.com, and you can do that as well as we had that Minico game last week. Uh, that, that was a thing of beauty, and he's a taller guy, so he's got those long legs strides and as he got down the sideline it was really fun to watch he also threw a 15-yard touchdown pass to Riker Stimson so Minico I think is going to show a little more balance than we're used to seeing they're not going to be so run heavy but it's nice to know that they can still run the rock if they need to uh, in tight situations so when we look at the Great Basin Conference overall Scott kind of like the 3A SCIC the defending league champion picked second in the preseason coaches poll that's Minico. Twin Falls was picked first, followed by Canyon Ridge three, Burley four, Jerome five, Mountain Home six is kind of how the preseason poll shook out. Um, what do you think of what the coaches voted on there? Well, you know what? As of right now, you can't can't argue with it. I mean, Twin is the team that's bringing everybody back. Twin's the one that's got the experience. Um, their skill possessions this year are going to be basically all returners. Um, you know, Ben Coring in his fourth year, he's, he's got it locked in at twin, you know, um, they, uh, they've got their all state Mr. Everything in Wyatt Salazabal, you know, he played running back and slot back and leads the way defensively at linebacker. I mean, he kickoff returner, punt returner. Um, I mean, this guy does it all and they've got him back. Um, so this is going to be a, a team with experience. Uh, is twin and, and, you know, pick to finish first. You can't argue with it. Yeah. Salaza ball is kind of the, the key to their offense and they can line him up in a lot of different positions and he does a lot of damage certainly. And, you know, you talk to twin falls and coach Corey and he's pretty high on the defense as well. Uh, Salaza ball is a linebacker on defense. As you mentioned, Scott, they've also got uh, Grant Patterson, who's an all state safety and getting some, some college looks there. Uh, Zach Swenson, Grayson Keys, TJ Hickman. These are all Carter or great two-way players for Twin Falls. And I think they definitely um, deservedly are the top team in the in the preseason poll. Minico is a good number two. And then really mm-hmm. from there, I I think anybody, you know, outside of that top two could finish anywhere between third and sixth. I think maybe Canyon Ridge and Burley get a little lean because of what they return. Each one returns kind of an anchor. Connor mm-hmm. Willis, the quarterback for Canyon Ridge, obviously Gatlin Bear for Burley. Um, but Jerome and Mountain View, or Mountain Home, I mean, um, maybe not as highly regarded, but it wouldn't surprise me to see either one of those teams finish in the top four either. Well, you know, and, and you look at that conference, and I, and I think right now they've, they've got it right, you know, and um, I think Burley is the one team that could be the, I guess, the, the dark horse. Because anytime you got a guy like Gatlin Bear that can just score uh, with his speed, it's yeah. I mean, 
you, you can never count them out when you've got playmakers, right? Um, Mountain Home is they, – they've got to figure it out football-wise. I mean, it's been a long time since uh, they had a winning record there. You know, I mean, the seniors this year were in preschool last time Mountain Home had a winning record. So they've got to get something established there. And they've got a brand-new coach, Ben Rayfield, in his first year uh, is going to take over – and, you know, he's got an interesting story behind him, too, because, you know, he graduated high school in Alaska and um, was on the Air Force Base. And then after graduation, his father was assigned to Mountain Home Air Force Base. And that's where he has spent the last uh, several years, you know, coaching and doing all sorts of things for Mountain Home. And now he gets the reins. And so we'll see if Mountain Home can can get that culture going that they need. And that's kind of the same thing that Jerome's doing right now, too. I mean, they. I mean, we've got Rich Bishop now at the helm, uh, former Kimberly coach coming back home. He's a 92 graduate of Jerome, and his job is to just build excitement and energy and then let everything else take care of itself. It may not translate into wins and losses, but you just want to get something that people can get excited about. And I think that's where Mountain Home and Jerome are right now. So we'll see kind of how that develops. But as far as Canyon Ridge goes, I, I don't know. I, I I'm curious to see what Juan Alvarez does with them. I mean, Coach Alvarez was kind of one of the architects behind the Minico running game for so long that now he gets a chance to lead the Riverhawks. And, you know, there's already some excitement over there. And anytime you get new blood, no matter what, it, there tends to be some energy. And right now, Kenny Ridge has got a ton of it going on. So with all the changes in this conference, let's see. Yeah, uh, I think uh, Juan uh, over at Canyon Ridge is uh, he's put a lot of enthusiasm and excitement into the program. And I guess we're going to find out pretty quick where everybody stands. Well, not everybody, but I mean, Mountain Home is at Burley this week. Conference came right out of the gate. You know, that drives me nuts, Scott. And we talked about that in years past. But here we are Mountain Home at Burley to kick off the season. Other notable games, Twin Falls is going to host Valley View. I think that could be a pretty telling matchup. Jerome's going to be at Gooding. Minico, of course, playing in the Rocky Mountain Rumble uh, uh, over in Rexburg. They will play uh, Saturday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Actually, Friday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon against Desert Hills, Utah. You can catch the Spartans for the second week in a row on IdahoSports.com for free. Um, Kimberly is going to play Snake River. I think that's a huge battle between 3A playoff powers and Declo going to host Nampa Christian as well in what could be a great early season battle. Nampa Christian kind of the favorite from District 3 in 2A football. So we got a good good sampling of 11-man uh, games this week, but we also got some really good eight-man games on the docket as well, Scott. But any conversation about eight-man football in the Magic Valley starts with Oakley and Raft River. It just is the way it is because – They've been the teams that have played for championships the last several years. Yeah, uh, it does. It begins and ends with Oakley and Raft River, you know, and, and let's just begin with, uh, with Oakley and uh, head coach Brennan Jones. And, you know, this is a, this is a program that uh, you, you pointed it out in the preview. It's what a hundred years ago, they played their first football game, right? A hundred years ago in 1923, Oakley played, their very first football game when they traveled to Twin Falls and to take on the Bruins at that time, who were the defending state champs. And they lost that game 106 to six. <laughs> well, here we are a hundred years later, and this is one of the most dominant teams at any level in football. You know, this is, uh, 
you know, three consecutive 1A Division I state championships, five championship game appearances since 2016, nine consecutive trips to the playoffs. You, you, you can't talk about success in football without mentioning Oakley. And this is going to be a, a, a pretty good team because they've got some pieces coming back. Yeah, it was uh, really interesting, and we'll have to do a podcast about Oakley and their 100th year of football. Coach Brandon Jones sent me uh, part part of a speech that uh, David uh, Height, he was a member of that 1923 Oakley football team, and he kind of had in his speech an excerpt of how that first game went, and uh, obviously it didn't go well. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll maybe talk about that further down the pike. It is incredible that, first of all, Coach Jones knew that it was the 100th year of Oakley football. I mean, that's crazy to even think about. Right. Um, yeah. And then letting us know, too, was uh, was pretty awesome. In this conference, it's Oakley, of course. And then the rest of the preseason coaches poll was like, uh, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. The way it officially shook out was a tie for second place between Lighthouse Christian and Raft River. Carey was picked fourth, Murtaugh fifth, Valley six, Glens Ferry seven. That top five, you know, two through five, I think could finish in any order. Lighthouse Christian will be sneaky. They've got uh, Justice Schrader back at quarterback, Jack DeYoung at receiver. That's a good explosive duo. Murtaugh brings back Junior Benitez, who, uh, was one of the best running backs in the conference as a sophomore two years ago. He hurt his knee last year, three games in and missed the rest of the year. He'll be in a, a player to keep an eye on. Um, Raft River lost some players to graduation, but they always seem to refill. And then Carey is the team, I think, that's going to be the most interesting because not only did they lose really talented senior class, they this is the first time since the 80s that somebody named Kirkland uh, is not the head coach. Yeah, going to be a little different feel, isn't it? Um, and I, I think that's going to take a little bit of getting used to, especially us media types that we're kind of used to putting those two things together. So, yeah, the, the rest of this conference behind Oakley, I mean, this is Oakley's to lose. Um, and you talk about Raft River. I mean, they're going through their own transitions as well. But, you know, we'll see how their pedigree moves them along as well, because we talked about culture a minute ago. Well, I mean, Raft River, I mean, this past decade, they're 80 and 24 qualified for the state playoffs each season, you know, perfect 12 and 0 in 2016. I mean, this is a culture of winning in Raft River. Now they have to not rebuild, but reload. You know, they're moving Tanner Tracy to quarterback. That's the plan right now. Um, he was an all conference receiver, but uh, he, he's one of those guys that's comfortable with the ball in his hand. So we'll see what, what Raft River does because they have, they're changing some pieces around and it may take them a couple of games to kind of find their stride, but if they can find it mid season, then they might be a team that can separate themselves from the rest of the pack. And who knows challenge Oakley. I don't know if anybody's gonna challenge Oakley this year, but we'll see. Yeah, they had to do that last year uh, with some injuries midway through the season. Mm -hmm. um, and so they took like a guard and moved him to receiver and took the receiver. And In eight-man football, Scott, you can't just move one guy. to It's <laughs> it's like it's like a chessboard. You got to move four different guys to four different positions if one guy's yep. out of the lineup. So, yeah, you do. I mean, this is the this is the the division that you can be an all-state quarterback, an all-state running back, an all-state linebacker, and an all-state kicker. All the same dude. You know, that's right. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, of course, is going to be a fantastic conference to watch. And then at the 1AD2 level, the Sawtooth Conference, Dietrich won the league last year, got all the way to the championship game. Scott, we were there for it. They almost won. Uh, Kendrick pulled it out at the very end. Um, but Dietrich, you know, lost Cody Power and uh, some of their wide receivers. They do bring back Connor Perkins. He's going to move to quarterback now from wide receiver Dietrich was picked first in our preseason coaches poll Camas County second Hagerman third Castle Ford fourth Hanson fifth Shoshone sixth Richfield is going to have a team they're going to play a, a hybrid varsity JV schedule again but they've got big numbers and I think they might be ready for full varsity next year which is exciting but for now it's Dietrich and the mushers I think competing at the top yeah you know Dietrich is they they are even though they lost Cody Power, who was just one heck of a good football player, you know they they do return uh, some some pretty good pieces. I mean, you know Connor Perkins going to be a junior, uh, Torgerson another junior. He's going to be in the trenches and playing a little bit of linebacker. Uh, Zimmers as well, another returning senior. So I mean they've got some pieces, but a guy like Cody Power is a really tough one to replace because you know he did everything. First team all state on both sides of the ball. And those are the guys that are going to be hard to replace. And so we'll see what Dietrich does uh, with that. Yeah. And, and really, I think Camas County, it wouldn't surprise me if the mushers took first place because they do return more, you know, Dietrich returns some really good players that are top heavy. Camas County returns a lot of players. They've got like depth that's coming back with Tristan Smith and Troy Smith and Trevor twos and Emmett Palin and Tyson Tupper. All these guys are like receiver DB running back types. Um, Tristan Smith is the quarterback. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Camas County could also be a really, really good team this year. Oh, I agree. This, this class of seniors are incredible led by first team, all state linebacker, Troy Smith. Like you mentioned, this is, this is a team that's bringing back uh, a ton of veterans. And uh, this is going to be a very, very talented team. You know, I mean, this is a group last year that went seven and three, and they're bringing back a, a ton of dudes. So, you know, even as underclassmen, they were winning. So if maybe it's the year of the musher as well, back to the year of the musher, we'll see. Yeah, Troy Smith, 7.6 yards per carry last year. Tyson Tupper, 9.2 yards per carry. Good luck opposing defenses. Um, and then Hagerman and Castleford, I thought was interesting. Castleford, of course, has been, uh, they actually took second place last year in the conference. Um, they famously last year, Scott, only had 12 players. They called themselves the Dirty Dozen. Uh, but but eight of those guys are gone. Eight graduated. So yeah. you have four guys coming back. And then who knows? I think that uncertainty is what dropped them to fourth in the, in the league poll. And Hagerman is a team that everybody seems to think is on the rise. I'm excited to see what Bill Hicks does in his second season leading the pirates. Yeah. I mean, Bill Hicks is a proven coach. He's been around forever and uh, he's got some people coming back. I mean, he's got running back and linebacker Wyatt Hoskovec returning a senior, you know, Alec Asher on the, on the line is also a senior, but, uh, you know, this is a, a team last year that had 25 players on their roster um, and five were seniors. So they are returning a ton as well. Now that means next year, <laughs> going to take a huge hit. But for now, uh, they've got a lot of talent, you know. Um, 
So, but they did, you know, veteran Cameron Zeltner, um, Ramon Carlos and Cole Rowley, you know, they were, they, they're going to be tough to replace, but with these 22 coming back or whatever it was, um, 20 coming back, they've got some playmakers and Kai Kendall and Hoskovec, like I mentioned, um, I mean, Kendall posted over a thousand yards of total offense as a sophomore last year. I mean, over 600 yards rushing, 500 receiving and talk about dual threat. Now he's coming back with the year of experience and that goes along with 18 touchdowns too. So they've got some players. Yeah, it's going to be really fun to watch Hagerman, and I'm interested to see what Castle Ford does. Brian Lowry's a pretty good coach, but man, eight of twelve gone. And look at the contrast: Hagerman had 25 guys last year, and Castle Ford only had 12. And Castle Ford's the team that got to the semis. It's yeah, just interesting, you know. If you've got guys, you only need eight of them to to make it work <laughs> at a time. So, yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. There, uh, of course, if you want more of an eight-man football conversation. Uh, we are launching once again the Idaho Eight Man Prep Cast. We'll be recording that later tonight, uh, Thursday the twenty fourth. You'll get it first thing every Friday morning uh, each week. Uh, it'll be myself and Will Henneke who wrote all of our eight man season previews on IdahoSports.com, and a new special guest commentator this year, Scott. And fans will just have to tune in to see who our uh, weekly guest is going to be. Spoiler alert: It's somebody we already mentioned on this prep cast. So you'll have to see. It's going to be a, a fountain of knowledge, though, in the eight-man game. So uh, check that out uh, wherever you download podcasts, also at idahosports.com. All right, before we get out of here, Scott, uh, volleyball season off and running as well. And, of course, the signature event in the state of Idaho happening this weekend is the annual Peg Peterson uh, tournament hosted by Highland over in Pocatello. This is one of, if not the largest regular season meets of the year. And there's a lot of teams from the magic Valley that are heading East to play, including yeah, Jerome, is, right? Yeah. Jerome's headed there too. I mean, this is a, the kickoff of the volleyball season, you know, I mean, uh, teams are playing tonight in the regular season, but this is really kind of the, the premier event and uh, it's a huge, huge tournament. In fact, there was some question as to whether or not it was even going to happen when Highland had their, their fire because this is taking place in Pocatello and Highland. Um, but uh, they were very quick to come back and say, as soon as the fire happens, like we are still having this tournament, you know, cause everybody was like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But they stepped it up. They got it done. And yeah, there's a lot of magic Valley teams going, including Gooding and Kimberly and uh, Burley and Buell and Minico and Wood River and Filer and Canyon Ridge and Jerome. I mean, it's a there's a strong slate of Magic Valley teams headed this direction, and all of our teams love it. Yeah, and uh, if you want more of a season preview of volleyball, uh, we did a special volleyball preview prep cast. It is in the Magic Valley prep cast feed. It's also on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel and Facebook page. I sat down with our volleyball analyst and expert, Lindsay Togiai Afuk, former Century High standout, now coaches club volleyball, and we went through it all. And uh, I'll just tell you, in the Magic Valley, teams to keep an eye on, Kimberly, obviously the defending 3A champs. They went undefeated last year, one of only two teams in Idaho to not lose. Uh, they also, uh, at the 4A level, Canyon Ridge and Twin Falls are both going to be really good again. Um, Declo at the 2A level. And then at the 1As, you know, I think Murtaugh is going to be very uh, solid once again this year as well. So those are just some of the teams that we're keeping an eye on to have really good seasons this year on the volleyball court. Yeah, that was a great preview you guys did. Uh, a lot of insight from a 
from a quality player, somebody that's been around the game. And, and if you haven't had a chance to check it out, uh, go watch it, you know, something pretty cool. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun for her because she's an assistant coach at Rockland and Rockland played, you know, Dietrich and Murtaugh last year. And she's like, I had never been to these places before, you know, cause I, <laughs> I played at century and we're playing, you know, four a and five a school. So she's like, I, I thought it was cool. I loved it. So yeah, she's getting exposed to small town magic Valley. So that's right. Idaho Americana. That's right. All right. Well, Scott, I know you got to run because you've got about five different events you got to take care of today. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everybody, to the Magic Valley Prepcast. We will be back with uh, the biggest stories from District 4 as every fall sport will have uh, kicked off by the time you see us again. So uh, for Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in on IdahoSports.com.